Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to discuss a video game that is special to them from their past. And if you've been listening to this show for two gosh darn years... Oh my god, that's disgusting. I'm going to puke a little bit. Uh, <laughs> then you'll know that on this show, we not only talk to our guest about the video game, uh, about the game and what makes it fun and memorable to them and what stood out from all the way back when, but also uh, dive into a little bit of the context and what was special about when they were captured by it for the first time. Um We're doing something a little different today. We are doing a brief little celebration for uh, this show being on the air because that's how I'm going to describe it. Uh, It keeps getting renewed by us, the creators. Uh, For two years now, uh, we've been doing the show, so I figured why not have producer of the show, uh, also technically composer of the show, uh, Mr. The Music Man himself, Jeremy Schmidt, on Welcome, Pal. Do 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 do. Hey, I'm uh, yeah, I wear a lot of hats. <laughs> you sometimes certainly they're do. Wing caps. Sometimes they're tanuki ears. You know, some, and uh, sometimes they are <laughs> turning into a frog, and <laughs> and that might just be yeah. a power up, not a hat. <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, I'm happy to be here, Connor. Thanks for asking me to do this. I thought this was a really good idea. I'm glad you're doing this. Thank you, pal. And really all I wanted to do today was just talk a little bit with you about uh, the show that we've been doing together for two years that you have been uh, just so kindly producing for me every week, week in, week out, um, getting your grubby mitts on the files I send you, <laughs> putting them together. Uh, right putting music to it, um, you know, editing out parts where I am an idiot and making me sound even cooler, which the listener probably doesn't know. You do it for every episode. Yeah. Uh, so any funny joke I've ever made that's all been courtesy of you and some incredible voice software. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah there's, that's why, that's is, why your audio always sounds like, what would it happen if a chicken crossed the road? And it's generally that's how the joke starts too, mm-hmm. and it always kills. And it's very funny. And it's just I just take little words you've said, phrases, and then mash them together to make a funny joke. Man, I don't know how you do it, pal. I really don't. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I also wanted to take the opportunity uh, for this brief moment to um, talk, uh, peel back the curtain a little bit, and talk about sort of how where this show started. Um, how it kicked off for us, and how it's evolved, and maybe some of the stuff that could come in the future. Also, if you're listening to this at the beginning of the episode, uh, the second part of this will actually be a... Uh, we're doing a two, twofer, a two-for-one today. The second part will be a preview of the most recent Call Me By Your Game co-op episode, all about Metroid Dread. So I think uh, I got. I will be sending Jeremy the time codes, but I want to say it's a little over 40 minutes or so of that two-hour-long episode, um, which is a whole nother thing we'll get into on this uh, show, talking about those co-ops. But Yeah, great episode. So if you're listening to this before you hear that, stick around because it's really special. Um, Connor did a Super Metroid episode earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it was two co-ops ago yes there was just one in between them yeah this makes a really good companion piece to that and so i would definitely recommend listening to both actually because they're like 
great uh, great side-by-side pieces, and you get to hear a lot of people's ideas on Metroid and how Metroid has evolved over time. I, I, I think it's really special, so I would definitely stick around. Thanks, dude. Um, I love a good side-by-side piece, you know. I sure wish I had one, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you gotta have a you gotta have a regular piece to have a side piece, I guess. I, so. I've heard of a side piece, but a side-by-side piece. <laughs> oh man, now we're talking. Um, thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, it's funny. We're uh, I guess uh, what does that make us like one eighth of the way towards our eventual uh, Metroid co <laughs> uh, Metroid book club so we got two in the bank already you're doing Uh, the work now so that when we actually do that we have a lot less work to do yeah (laughs) we will only have to do three episodes by that point um yeah uh well let's go ahead and just uh i I just was thinking it'd be fun to like i said peel back the curtain a little bit and just talk about because i don't think this is anything i ever did i don't Mm. even know if the listener is gonna wanna if this is gonna be interesting i i'm i'm guessing it will be to some so um a couple years ago uh, I had been, I had started, you know, you, it's unfortunate that you planted this virus of uh, this disease in me, Jeremy, by inviting me onto your show to talk about video games, essentially taking what was a, a, a decently high hobby of mine, uh, in making it <laughs> a, an issue and something that I spend a lot of time doing <laughs> that being enjoying video games and also talking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, Way back in the first year of your shows, when I started to come on, and that—that's over three years ago now, and that seems just like eons ago. Yeah, I don't know if you ever think about. I mean, because you've had over—you're approaching episode one seventy of yours, so that's a lot of uh, video games and comedy show. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, video game podcasting comedy content but also like you know people don't know this but you know i've been in la for like since maybe july a, was in diapers since july was in diapers uh and that's how i know when when i got to la is <laughs> how long he's not been in diapers i um i moved to la and about maybe a year and a half into moving to la i started the pilot which i'm gonna say a lot of weird things right now that i don't know if listeners are gonna understand at all but like the pilot episode of v- Video Games and Comedy Show has Alec Robbins in in it, who is a dear friend of ours, who is Mr. Boop on Twitter, and, and now Crime Hot is his new uh, his new like comic book. Anyways, I uh, I did that pilot, and then it was like a while before I started doing the show proper, where I was doing like a news segment, and uh, I think Connor, what was your first episode? It was like in the teens, right? It was like pretty quick. It was like one of the first, maybe the second. Halloween episode. It was all about right. Silent Hill Two. Yes, it was. Yeah, so it was. It would <laughs> be October of like 2017, yeah. I think, or something like 2018. that. 2018. 2018. Okay. Yeah. So October 2018, you were like on 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 an episode, and um, I knew you through Eric Koppel. Yes. And the reason why I'm bringing up these other people is because. Eric Koppel is a person that I has now since moved from Los Angeles to Chicago, who I still do a podcast with yeah. every single week. <laughs> and Alec Robbins is a person I saw literally yesterday. And I also saw you yesterday. Yes. And he, I dragged him to the game realms in Burbank. Uh, yeah, Cause we, we were had supposed a to hang trip. out. 
we had a little trip and I was like, hey, buddy, do you want to go to Burbank? And he was like, yeah, I guess so. And <laughs> he walked out of that store with a Nintendo 64, yes. which he spent like a hundred plus dollars on. And when he got in the car, he said, he looked at me and he said, Jeremy, I don't hang out with you. <laughs> I hang out with you for one day. And I and I now own a Nintendo 64. <laughs> and I was like, you should talk to Connor because the dude was practically, he was... He had he had muscles. He was oh at the beach. I had, had side like, by side pieces. He had side by side pieces. And after uh, six months of being on video games and comedy show, uh, he was talking to me about Rayman Three on the GameCube and how much he loved uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three and SSX. Like like I just feel like it, this community has ignited our passion for video games and given us a little bit of like you know, like this like friendship quad, uh, quadrant of like like people, yeah. like-minded people who are not only in comedy and pursuing our careers in LA, but also like love video games. And I think that when I look back on all that time, you know, like I'm, I'm really proud of like those friendships that I've fostered and like those podcasts that we've done, all that content that we've churned out. And I think it's like, like call me by your game. Like, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you probably want to talk about the inception of that, but this was completely of your own invention. And it was an idea that was different than video games, a comedy show. And you, uh, you came to me with that idea and, like I don't know, I I just feel like uh a there's never been a more a better pairing of shows. Like one is very sincere and still very funny, but like mm-hmm. very sincere and very heartwarming and nostalgic. And the other one is just a like complete slapstick comedy. Yeah. So, um, I'm really proud to be a part of it, and I'm glad that you chose me as a producer for that, and uh, very thankful to be here. Of course, dude. I'm uh wouldn't have wanted to do with anybody else. Uh and we I think part of the reason that maybe I even an idea was incepted into my head to do my own show is that we were having so much fun or doing yours. I was having so much fun guesting, you know, once a month, twice a month, occasionally. I'm sure there were even times where I did like three weeks out of a month, especially mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. Uh but we were having so much fun. And our brains were just churning so often about video game stuff that I was, you know, coming up with episode ideas I wanted to do on your show. And then eventually was like, I knew I wanted to do something, but for the longest time, I didn't know exactly like what that looked like. And I remember like having a little Google Doc open, just being like, I got like a general feeling I would sort of like to interview – I think I, I was like, I want to talk to people about games, but what does it look like? Do I want to do a, a, a show where I do a co-op? I actually play a game with someone else and then talk about it. Um, I have – I've got the pitches still in my drive somewhere. Um, I could probably honestly find those pretty easy. But um, yeah, and it was fortunate that when I did come up with the idea of the show that it – did fit really well with yours even before we were doing super NPC radio. Uh, oh, it yeah. just, you know, it was like a nice little compliment and also would have probably felt weird if I was just doing the same thing <laughs> as your, as your show. Yeah. And also, you know, I don't know. I mean, like, look, like I, I, I don't want to pretend like I know every show video game show that exists, but yeah. I do want to say that call me by your game is a unique show. I don't think, I don't know another show like this. Yeah, I 
I think you're probably correct, and I want to believe it's so bad. The the only one that comes close, honestly, is Reactivators, which has an improvisational element to it. Yes, that's the, and like and like literally, that's the only other show I can think of where a yeah. guest comes on and they talk about a video game they love from their past. You know what I mean? Like that yes. format, like. Uh, and then Reactivators, of course, is also a comedy show, and mm-hmm. I would say, you know, uh, has has its own thing going and part of our network and a great show. But I, I, I don't know another show like yours. Do you? Yeah, I don't. I bet we yeah. could. I bet if I did some searching, you could find a, maybe something, you know, like sim- similar or just a step away from it. But I think the, yeah, as... as being specifically trying to like connect with someone about a about an important game from their past uh in that context i don't i don't know um it's possible but it's hard to say uh so i think i want i talked about this on the show for sure and i do want to give the a shout out and some due diligence but i was i had all these ideas sort of bouncing around in my head at the time didn't know what i wanted to do and then the first night that I hung out with my uh, uh, to be a future and then now past girlfriend L Eckley, mm. we were hanging out with her and our good friend Molly Kiernan, and I had mm. the uh, the SNES classic which I had gotten from friend of the show Michael McCuller. Um, <laughs> this is just the shout out episode, is what this is. Um, the SNES classic was like just sitting in my uh, room, and I don't know. We, the three of us were hanging out on some Friday night, and. Elle was like, oh my gosh, does that have Donkey Kong Country on it? And then suddenly we were playing Donkey Kong Country, <laughs> and she was like, oh my gosh, she like remembered it like the back of her hand, which right. is something I say on the episode a bunch of times, and she gave me a lot of shit for it, which is fair, because I kept repeating that. Well, and the then, famous is she doesn't have hands. Yes, um, which, yeah. you know what? Um, you know, she picked me up in our relationship, and, and vice versa. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We each had our strengths. But I remember thinking it was so cool here, not just seeing like how good she was at the game and how she was knowing where like little specific secrets were and places to to like break open walls to find mm. a tr- like trophies or whatever you're mm-hmm. whatever the heck you get in that game. Yeah, trophies. Um, but she was also discussing how it was like a really special game for her and her sister. And suddenly, I think that night I was like, "Oh, this is the show." I like talked to people about this exact thing, a special game from yeah. their past, what it means, what they loved, and also, like, where did it fit in for them? Right. Um, and from there, it was really – I mean, this still took a lot of work. It still took a lot of uh, sort of figuring out a format that would work for it that has essentially not changed at all, which it it still works. So I don't really have, like – It ain't like, broken, you know? It, yeah, I don't – there – I do wonder if some parts might feel stale to people who listen, but I haven't got any feedback like that yet. So if, if it's out there, no one said anything. Um, No, you know, and it's okay. So for people who are not in the podcast biz, it's what's called like what I like to call like a guest show or an interview mm -hmm. show, which is a, like a Mark Marin is like in, in the same genre of kind of show, right? Where, there is no real format. It is mm-hmm. a chat with a guest, and so like it, um, it, it. What's great about that show? There's, I'll give you a positive and a negative of the show of that format. The positive is it'll never feel stale. Mm-hmm. It can't because it, it it's a different person every time. So it's a completely unique experience every show. 
Mm-hmm. The negative is that it's hard to get uh, book guests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That it's a chore to always be booking guests. And that's more of a negative on the back end, right? Like yeah. that's like a, a behind the curtain thing. So it'll only be stale if you feel like it's stale. But if you're still having fun, it'll never feel not fun for the listener because they they don't know who Edgar is. They don't know who Carl Tart is. They don't know who like these you know these guests these big guests you've had on the mm-hmm. show who are great and um these great episodes that you've done um they, they're excited to see that every time um so yeah the only the only the only thing that i i've never i've i did a guest show once and mm-hmm. or twice and um you know it's fun i love variety but i've i've refrained from ever doing them again just because of uh, how uh, ho- uh, horrible it could be to always be reaching out to a new person every week. So yes, what it, uh, at this point now that you've done this for two years, yeah. what is that process like for you? So I still genuinely do have an Excel sheet that like mm-hmm. dates back to 2019 of people who have reached out and asked to do the show, or that I have talked to about doing the show, and I generally try to adhere to that. Um, because I want to get those people on. Um, but generally what I'll do is I used to have, as, as you know, like two, especially during like the, the throes of the pandemic, two to three episodes booked up. So I would be recording them two to three weeks ahead of time, just reaching out often to friends and sometimes to people who would, who I would like, I had a a friend on, uh, Shireen Lonnie Younes, Mm -hmm. uh, this year who, uh, we met on, honestly this is film shoot and worked with each other for two days turned out she loved zelda and then i was like hey i gotta have you on my show so sometimes that happens and which so yeah it's still that is still i would say the biggest challenge of the show it's just locking in the guest and then the game the game is even easier because we we've done a couple repeat episodes including that one um but the nice thing is people have we're like 90, this this is episode 95, I think 94 of the number, and there's even more episodes of this show than that, because I used to not number the ones that weren't specific guest interviews. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, which so is we're, fine, yeah. Yeah, so we're what definitely- What about official 100, though? What is that like? Is that, we're going to hit that in 2022? Uh, so that would be, it seemed, I think so, because this is going to come out, I think, December 1st. Mm-hmm. Which is a Wednesday, which is Wednesday. Okay. Um. So yeah, I think that might be like the first week of January. But oh wow. But if you include the ones that are not numbered, uh, and then even I mean the co-ops technically don't count. But if you include those, then we're well, we're like closer to 120 or so. Sure. Um, but yeah, the challenge is just booking people and staying. Uh, and I've been really pleased to find that I am still meeting people who hear about it and want to join uh, or I will like catch up with an old friend who will know about it and and either throw their hat in the ring or just say something nice or uh yeah I'll I'll not there'll be someone I haven't even thought about that I'm solid friends with um had someone at like our joint birthday party recently that I was mm-hmm. just got to chatting and that came up so yeah but uh, were you going to have a question no, oh, I mean, okay. I, well, I mean, well, full disclosure too. Yes. Even a deeper peek behind the curtain is that uh, we don't like a lot of podcasts who have money or production value, mm-hmm. production 
funding behind them. They they would do this show differently. They would probably record like a season and then like have them all banked, right? Yeah. Uh, but we we don't do that. We can't afford to do that. So what we do is we week to week almost almost like your show's a little different. You 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 tried to make an effort to do a couple in a row or you mm-hmm. bank a few, but sometimes you can't do that. And Connor's life for the listener is not. Like it's in the fast lane. Like Connor is doing things You're all dang the time, right, buddy. They're not. It's not just like he's sitting on "Call Me by Your Game" as the <laughs> only thing he does. He has not only does he have a job, but he's also trying to make it in Hollywood as a writer and an actor and all these other things. And he has like a lot of projects going and other and other things and other interests other than video games happening. So it's kind of an amazing feat that through all the haze of that, you maintain a weekly guest-based show like i I, and i want to just give you props for that and that like maybe the listener doesn't know all the things that go into making the show that like sometimes that can come down to the wire sometimes like grabbing somebody like yeah you know and sometimes it's not sometimes it's a couple weeks out you know you'll do two in a week or whatever but sometimes it's like hey you know what i'm busy i didn't grab a guest i'm gonna do this one as kermit yeah That was uh, that was really fun uh, too. But thank you, Jeremy. That's very nice. I mean, I think the same thing about I, I've had very similar thoughts about you. And also, you do even more shows than me, not just for Super NPC Radio, but for like you and Eric and all your bonus stuff. So uh, yeah. And but you know, it's still I think a big reason that I uh, that it doesn't bother me is that I still really enjoy doing the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the thing that I enjoy most about it is the opportunity to sit down with somebody for, you know, an hour to an hour and a half or in Mike Steele's case, two and a half hours talking about (laughs) Final Fantasy VI, AKA three. Put a leash on that guy. What a, what a sweetheart. Put a leash Um, on that man. Gosh, you know, you can't, you can't be tamed. Can't be tamed. (laughs) Um, I need to text him back. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's really fun. I, and I've talked about it on the show before and probably talked to you, but sometimes I'm sitting down with someone I know really well that I might even see semi-regularly or keep in touch with or I'm even like working on something with. And other times I am sitting down with, an, like I already said, an acquaintance or like someone I've sort of been friends with for years but don't know super well and then – uh, we just have like, it's just such a nice excuse to learn about somebody and, uh, talk to them about something that I have a mutual interest in and hear about their life. And yeah, it's just an absolute blast. And it's generally sometimes, you know, leading up, like I'm sure I, maybe you feel similarly about your show sometimes leading up to it. It's like, okay, I got to like find a topic and then get my mm, guests. Yeah. It, the, that work is the less fun stuff but then when you actually do it it's so it's such a good time generally Mm -hmm. and it's always like i don't know not always but like there there is a handful of times where i've dreaded an episode and it ended up being one of the better episodes that i've done which leads me to a question if you don't mind me asking i don't know if you're open to questions we will be taking questions at this time Okay, great. Uh, I, I I would love to hear about it because I'm sure you've heard 
a lot of, and this is to like not to disparage anyone, but I've heard, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard a lot of similar stories about like people's memories about video games. Oh, I was a kid. My dad bought me this game. You know, like I don't know what you know. Uh, is there has there been? I'm sure there has been, but like, can you think of a time where you've been genuinely surprised and even more engaged in a recollection of a video game? Uh, than uh, than another time. So like, uh, someone's story really surprised you or resonated with you uh, differently. Yeah, I'm thinking specifically about. I'll try to think of them as I uh, elaborate on a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the the fun and surprising part of the show can often come from having a guest on who is not. Who video games isn't a big part of their life right. or maybe they don't even have a game system anymore they don't play maybe their boyfriend has like an xbox one or they their old roommate used to have a system um or there's i don't know their sister plays and they don't but those people can have been some of the more fun and interesting guests to have on uh for whatever reason, I don't know if that's because I come in with this expectation that I'm not going to get like the full recollection of their history and then every little detail of the game. Um, and oftentimes these these people express to me that they're like, oh, are you sure this is enough? I hope this is good. And I'm usually like, this is like as much as I could yeah. ask for. Yeah. Um, we've had a few guests who aren't like big video game players recently that were an absolute blast. Uh, we had like Victoria Longwell on and Austin Williams who were both uh, just so much uh, fun to talk about because it's not a huge part of their lives. Right. But they did have such visceral memories of playing these games and what right. it made them feel and who they were Victoria playing Longwell, with. by the way, I, I do want to cut in and just say Please. like, so uh, before Video Games a Comedy Show was a show and before... Uh, Call Me By Your Game was a show once upon a time. So way long ago. Way long ago. This is actually, this is back in 2017, not 2018 like I thought. Yes. 2017, Connor and I were in a short film directed by Eric Koppel. Full circle, baby. Not directed by, but Eric Koppel wrote it and and he he cast me and Connor and Victoria Longwell in a short where we all acted and did comedy together. Eric, someone I do a podcast with. Connor, someone who I do a podcast with. <laughs> this is in 2017. And uh, I remember walking to your car when you had just gotten that new uh, 2DS, I think, Ooh, XL. Yeah. You had just gotten like that that nice brand new 2DS and you were showing me a game on it. And we were talking about video games on the street in Hollywood yep. uh, during auditions, like during like a huge, like, Oh, what a, uh, that was, a, that was a yeah. quite the couple week period. Yeah. And, uh, and I really feel like that was probably the seed. I mean, that has to be the seed that like sparked the eventual, we would be doing a game show together, you know, like, yes. Uh, um, Gosh, but Victoria a... Longwell was definitely a part of that and yes. definitely a part of y'all's crew. And I sort of just infected myself into that crew because you would all had a class together. And I, and I had a class with Eric separately. And I kind of just like, I'm also part of your history too. You know, like I just kind of yes. like muscled my way in. And well, like, and, and like, <laughs> I wasn't a part of their crew though. 
Uh, you weren't you weren't part of the. What, how did we, you know Eric? We were both separate picks. Eric and I met in a sketch class. That's what uh, I thought, but it, Victoria wasn't part of that. Correct, but I think him, oh, Victoria, okay. Allie, and Alex all took a class together. Allie was part of the class, or maybe too. Allie wasn't, but Alex was, and then Alex they met was, somehow. Oh man! Because there's another, there's two other, there's sisters who's a part of this whole. <laughs> Yeah, and Allie and Alex are also badasses, and I uh, I miss them dearly. We like each other's shit on like Instagram, but yeah. like uh, I haven't seen them in a long time. Me neither. But yeah, it, it probably goes back to something like that. I also remember being in Europe because we used to do sketch with a lot of sketch with Eric and Victoria before the movie, like mm-hmm. like right. a year, year and a half before, yeah. and. I remember we crushed too. We would go crush on stage. Was, I remember like a couple sketches. It was a lot of fun doing uh, sh- not too shabby at the mm-hmm. now uh, d- gone UCB Inner Sanctum. Right, on you Thursday had one. Nights. I remember you. There's like a religious sketch, but it was like a it was like an all star casted sketch. I think Kimia was part of it, and Mia, oh, and yes. Victoria, and me, and like there was a bunch of people in it. Gosh, uh, never forget our, our those sketch days. Um, <laughs> But I, 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 I did want to just bring up that yeah. there was one time where we went to shoot a video sketch at, at your place that was really quick and dirty, and you had your Wii U hooked up in your room, and you were right. playing, I think, playing Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. Yeah, I was. Uh, but um, you know what? There was, there's been a bunch of – it's really hard to pick, like, one, to answer your question from earlier, one that, like, really stood out. Um, it's really something I should have thought about before an early one that was real. There were some early ones that were really great. Um, yeah. Hearing from Nick Limon, this is an episode we actually re-released earlier this year about going to Japan at, or I think even Tokyo specifically being like yeah. just broken up over, over this girl he was, he had been with and wasn't with anymore, but he like connects with these people who like owned this video game bar there and then he yes. returned to it oh, and they remembered him. God, so awesome. Yeah. Somehow because of, and cause they, they both liked Chrono Trigger. Yes. Um, this is a, by the way, the episode's about Chrono Trigger. Yes. But, and, and you get all this additional gold. Totally. Yeah. Uh, there's, there are just uh, so many. Oh, I mean, uh, last year, it's been so long since I had her on, but Kristen Thorson, a friend I actually met through Jake Sprague and Mike Steele, uh, also oh, yeah. former guest, mm-hmm. she talked about forming like friendships and her crew over playing Counter Strike at like a uh, I always forget what to call like a computer cafe, whatever mm-hmm. those are called. Yeah, um, there are countless ones. I mean, if it's nice because I'll hear from people sometimes who discover the show and then they just like go through the episodes because they like hearing from people. Even if the game isn't interesting to them, so those are those are a blast. Um, yeah. If I don't, I, I mean, if we can go back as far as the ones where I was actually present for the interview, which was like I think the first twelve or something. Like I I, I don't know the number that we cut off, but COVID think, happened r- r- pretty soon after we Connor got like started. eighteen in, I think. Yeah. And so Connor used to do the show at my house. And then, because yes. we we played the game for a while before we talked. Oh talked my about gosh! It. I, how could yeah. I forget, Jeremy? Yeah, and so it, like the show was done in a very almost proper way for a while, mm-hmm. and then at some point it switched over to an all digital Zoom format. Yep. Um, but the PJ episode is the one that I always that I always remember because PJ has. Him as a person, PJ has such an incredible story. Yeah, like 
uh, and and he brought that to the table, talking about Sonic the Hedgehog two. Yes, <laughs> you would never think a Sonic the Hedgehog two episode would yield like intrigue and murder mystery and like no. all this like crazy stuff from his past. But like, go back and listen to that episode because it's it's so insane. And I think you can hear me. You can hear me in the background of of a lot of the early episodes, like. Those- like just freaking out. And I remember a lot of your guests too, because you, you always pick comedians as guests. And yeah. They're so performative. Um, Connor, I don't know if we've ever, we've never talked about this FYI to the listener, but oh my gosh. a lot of times because you were the host, yes, they would perform to me <laughs> yes. as if I was the audience. And I'll never forget Annabelle Seymour because she's such a showman and a oh performer my gosh. at heart. She was always doing jokes and then like, turning to me like kind of like like doing them to me to make try to make me laugh and i and i would and i would laugh and you could hear me laughing off mic oh yeah on the matt apodaca episode on the edgar episode edgar ribbing you is such a great moment yes in that, in that episode um Th- that was really a an a entirely different age i mean you talked about it too but we would sit down for a half hour and play the game with the guests just to you know jog memory mm-hmm. we would post those videos on youtube i think i only posted like 12 of the ones right. we did um but that was a whole component of the show and then yeah it was a different time getting to have you in the booth for that and now like i go off on my lonesome and i record them mm-hmm. uh alone with a guest and then send you it as some mystery package like what are you gonna get instead of you used to be you know there for it which yeah i mean this is just so much especially now that we could do in-person shows but you know with in our reality with covid now but uh it's just so much easier to do what we do now and i don't need to loop you in i have my own mic set up i have a an echo proofed room here right that i set up during this yeah. insane almost yeah. two-year period now yeah i mean i would i would gladly tech an episode if you did it in person uh, for a special event but like yeah. i i think that it's it's not because it's not necessary it you know it, it works so much better and i feel like people are more willing to do episodes of shows because they don't have to leave their house i think so and i think yeah it's just such less of an obstacle now yeah. like i basically need to get someone to agree to carve out an hour and a half of their time on their computer at home uh yeah but yeah we've we've had uh it's been the show's been so much fun last year i i want to talk about the co-op stuff quickly mm. um uh, we started Super NPC Radio, which I'm sure I'll plug at the end. I didn't plug up top, which I usually do. Uh, I've got a, I've got a bunch of stuff I'll plug before the episode ends. But that's the Patreon that you and I started, uh, where we host a bunch of shows there now. Call Me By Your Game is hosted there. Video Games a Comedy Show, uh, Reactivators, and eventually, allegedly, Inside Video Games with very july allegedly. Diaz. yeah um very <laughs> allegedly um and then a bunch of a bunch of bonus shows so we have the patreon that i'm sure a lot of people listening to this know about or even subscribe to where uh we have bonus content that comes out multiple times a week at different tiers they have a uh, i don't need to go through all of them now but anyway we started this a year over a year ago and one of the big components that we were going to have for it was the call me by your game co-op episode which are 
I've already talked about it on this show because you're going to hear it in the second half, but they're more of a group deep dive on an impactful game. Oftentimes they are retro games. Sometimes, we did it a few times this year, we talked about brand new titles. And uh, yeah, they're the most, they're, they're so much fun. I'm able to have some of the best people on. We've had some repeat guests now. Um, but those have become a lot of fun too. And it's it's just a blast. Like the you were talking about the Metroid Dread one and when we finished it, all three of those guys, all three of Adrian, Eddie, and Patrick texted me being like, dude, that was awesome. Yeah, like, dude. This was so yeah. good. And uh those are also moments that make you feel a lot of uh pride in your work because uh you know, oftentimes on this show whether I'm sitting down with a guest or even sometimes when I go on your show or whatever super NPCs that we do, uh, I'll feel like I'm just like talking out of my ass or I'll judge myself <laughs> as I'm doing it. Like I'm like, am I pontificating? Am I I'm even making sense? Straight up making shit up. <laughs> Seriously. Like what? D- do I even know what I am doing? Because yeah. while this is something that we, you know, for the most part, hold ourselves to like a professional standard, especially because we have people who pay for our content every month. Um, It's also not our careers. And so I think I just have a little bit of self-doubt that creeps in every so often. But then we'll do an episode like that or I'll have a a guest on that really surprises me and we really connect. And I'll be reminded that, you know, yeah, we do pump out so many episodes. Not all of them are going to be the greatest. Mm -hmm. But episodes like that are... Just like a really healthy shot in the arm. That uh, and get your shots, folks. Uh, they're free all around the United States. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's great. So yeah, I also want to highlight the co-op episode of Shadow of the Colossus. That's another one of my favorites. Ooh, thank you. Which is like another um, episode where I feel like it just really was like everyone firing on all cylinders. Like mm-hmm. everyone really cared about it in an emotional way, yeah. which I think always helps. Like where it's. Like de- like Death Loop, like I love that episode. Like mm-hmm. that's a very funny episode yes. you should listen to. But like you know that that doesn't have the nostalgia factor of years and years and years of us thinking about it, right? That that's a newer game that came out. Me, Connor, and July covered it, and it's and it's so funny to listen to that episode. But you listen to that the Shadow of the Colossus episode, it's like you know you got Ziggy on there, and uh-huh. it's like talking about his experience with it it's just like damn am i gonna fucking cry right now like it's <laughs> it's good shit like it's really good stuff and i think that you know like you said about the dread episode like that's another one where it's like man that's a good feeling like that's a great feeling when you like everyone's firing everyone's everyone's like into this mm-hmm. everyone's like giving their all to it and it just like works and every it, and there's no element of it that's like phoning it in in any kind yeah. of way and you know i don't know I, I i think that uh you always bring like a great element of professionalism to the shows that you do uh but there is like there is these highlights and these standouts and i think that's what is so cool about following a creator any kind of creator that you love is that you know you're right I, I listen to a retronauts and watch out for fireball and Kane and rinse and all these different shows. And like, I, I love the less comedic coverage of video games. And there's definitely a difference between, mm-hmm. okay, they're just covering a game and they're just talking about it objectively. And 
oh, they fucking love this. And yes. Oh, they're fucking... Also, they love each other, and they're hitting mm-hmm. it together, and they're bonding, and they're having a good time. And I just think that that should be... Um, that's like a cool thing, and like... It's a cool thing about content. You know, we talk about content like this objective sort of robotic way. And and I just, I don't know. The more I think about content in general, you know, comedy, you know, video games, whatever it is that your love, your passion is, there is a different, you can feel the difference. And like, that's what makes a good show is being able to follow a creator and understand them and, and, and learn them. And, and, and I think that your shows uh, a great addition to the, the noise out there. And I feel like people should, uh, you know, not just subscribe to the Patreon because it puts money in my pocket. Yes. <laughs> but subscribe to the Patreon because you get good stuff from that. The co-op episodes, I feel like are very special. Thank you, know? you. Like, yeah, I agree. And and I think that like uh you know the the Zelda Games Club episodes are very special. Oh, like, yeah. We worked really hard on those um and we really gave a shit about those. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't phone those in. Like we played a whole video game <laughs> and um, then like it, did it in like 16 and times, it. 17 yeah. times. <laughs> so uh so yeah, um not that the main feed episodes aren't great cuz they are great, but um but yeah. Uh, I think I yeah I don't know I don't know. there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there, and if you don't if you don't buy into us don't listen to us, but if you yeah. but but give a give us a shot give those episodes a shot, I think you're gonna be surprised I think you're totally. gonna enjoy them I think it's gonna I think it's gonna translate I think the passion is going to translate and I think it makes us it separates us from the other noise out there, absolutely um yeah and. Just the variety and volume of that stuff that is so good is it's it does a lot for mm-hmm. us. Uh, like Connor really likes video games. Who knew? I, I'm I'm gonna say it. Connor Dude, does. He buys. Crazy, you should see man. his background right now. It's full of video <laughs> game shit. It's full of video game nonsense. He really does like this stuff. Here's I, one I got I yesterday. <laughs> I've been at parties with Connor where he's talking to girls yeah, about video true. games. <laughs> Uh um yeah it's true. I, I want uh, let's we'll we'll go in the edit and we'll repeat just you saying Connor talking to girls. <laughs> just over and over clip that. Um yeah, it's there's so much uh that's been fun about doing this show. Um I want to make a few quick shout outs before we just wrap this up and lead into the Metroid uh dread episode. Um the f- first is uh Glenn J who I, I shout out Glenn J every episode of the podcast at the very end. But Glenn is a, is a wonderful artist uh, from Australia who found me because I was streaming uh, The Secret of Monkey Island during COVID <laughs> and followed my Twitch channel and then found Call Me By Your Game. And one day last year, I just get an email from him and he redid the cover art for our show which the previous cover art was like a drawing i had done that i had scanned and sent to the computer and colored you know pretty rough sketch but (laughs) it's cute but he took this thing and i mean it's got it's his jeremy's background now if you follow us on social media or even just look at the podcast uh whatever podcast your feed you're listening to this on Take a look at Mario leaning against the drawing of the like 3D model of myself and the the 
it's just great. It's a re- it's yeah. a recreation of the Call Me By Your Name cover with Timothy Chalamet and Army <laughs> Hammer, but instead it's me and Mario for Mario 64. Which the more time that goes by yes. that that movie came out, the funnier the name of this podcast becomes. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And and just side note, uh, the the name always gets people. When I start yeah. telling them, I'm like, yeah, I run a video game podcast. Mm-hmm. I interview mm-hmm. someone about a special game of their past. It's called Call Me By Your Game. They're always like, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Because yeah, 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 yeah. it also does tell you everything. But anyway, Glenn yeah. J just made such a wonderful piece. I was like, can I pay you? Glenn did not let me pay him um, and even sent me like a cropped version once when I was uh, advertising the show on the MinMax podcast. So yeah, he's incredible. I say it all the time, but check him out on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y. Give him a follow, like his posts. He really does a lot of cool stuff. Uh, and thank you, Glenn, uh, if you're listening. I really appreciate you. Um, and so so I not got the Glenn shout out. Oh, all the patrons, everybody who mm. listens to the show. Yeah. We have people who reach out uh, from people who found us just through the show, like Mauricio and Goblin Bomber, who are patrons of ours, or... Like Mike Steele, who listens to almost every episode and like will text me about things in the episode, which always feels really good to hear from somebody. Uh, even just friends who like listen for a couple episodes before they come on. It's just a uh, yeah. Shout out to everybody who supported the show in whatever way, promoting it. Um, all the guests. I mean, we have literally too many guests to count. Uh, not lit- we could count that, but. It'd be a high number, Um, but uh, (laughs) everyone who's been on the show really helps keep it fresh and is awesome. And then, of course, uh, Jeremy, you produced the show. You helped get it off the ground. You – I still don't really understand what we did to make the website work, but but we did (laughs) um, that day where we sat at your laptop. It was fucked up because I don't know either. (laughs) Who knows? It just worked one day. It just works and it looks okay. We were – Thank God. We were plugging stuff into sockets, and there we yeah. go. Um, yeah. But you, yeah, obviously could absolutely not do this show without you. Uh, you, It really, like, every single week you do, you put together the episode. And sometimes I even hit you up, like, Tuesday night before. I'm like, hey, can we actually adjust this? There's and an you, edit point, yeah. And you, like... Never complain. You're always so gracious, and and you're just so good at what you do. So uh, thank you so much, dude. And and you're the composer. You compose the music that plays at the beginning of the show. It's just so good. It, weird. It was a weird moment of like, like Connor being like, "This is kind of based on the movie. I want to get that Sufjan Stevens kind of vibe," mm-hmm. and then me kind of putting together like. Like kind of a video gamey version of yeah. that, and you then made like it, like, it kind of worked, and it yeah. like it like yeah, just barely creaked out, and like uh yeah, that was a fun time. That, that yeah, that was a that was an adventure for sure. Uh, of course, you're welcome, and of course, no need to thank me. And like I I I enjoy doing it. It's like my it's it is a part of my passion, and you know, full disclosure, Connor uh pretends like i'm doing this big favor for him it feels when, like it <laughs> when really there's this like grand exchange of that connor does all the social media for all the uh, super npc stuff like so he does social media for literally my show and his own show and the network so 
we have come up with basically what I think is this gentleman's beautiful agreement arrangement of like exchanges of artistic services together where uh, it, you know, literally works for us. Um, and I think that, um, you know, when you like, you know, when we brought reactivators in, which we, who we love dearly, there was literally this conversation of like, well, look, like me and Connor, we got this like symbiotic yin yang <laughs> thing happening. And it's like, it, it, it's a well oiled machine. And yeah. like, yeah, you can do your thing and bring it in here and we'll, we'll post it, but it can't, it, it just, there's no room here. It's, it's too much. Yes. It's too tight. Um, but I, I, I literally think like, you know, like I, I I I would hate to have to do the things that Connor does for the shows, and he does them, and he does them uh, gladly. Again, never complaining ever. So it's it's a it's it's nice to be able to contribute in something that I enjoy doing, which is editing his show, picking the music, uh, learning about the guests, listening to the episodes. Like there, it's that that is a thing I actually enjoy doing. So. Uh, I, I, I appreciate you, uh, infinitely. And I'm, and I, and I, here's to at least a hundred more episodes. Um, I what if I was be, like, well, we'll be dead actually, by then. <laughs> Jeremy, this is where I pull the plug on the show. <laughs> Just kidding. Not going to happen. But, yeah. uh, that is, that is very kind of, you. even though we, you know, we have our gentleman's agreement, I'm sure, you know, but it does mean a lot to me. Um, Same. um, but yeah, for the time being, uh, I have absolutely no plans to stop doing the show. It's still so much fun. I still have a huge backlog of guests I got to get to. There's so many games we got to hear about. I love doing the co-op episodes. Um, yeah, until it becomes like a burden or something I don't want to do, I'll probably continue doing it. And I don't see that in my near future. So if you like the show, it's gonna be around for a while and if you don't like the show well what the heck are you doing listening right now (laughs) you silly gooses yeah you silly geese well yeah that's pretty much all i had for the episode um before we transition to the uh metroid dread co-op episode preview uh which of course is a preview of the uh of this full two-hour episode where me for myself, Patrick Ellers of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Eddie Martin of Normcorn Gaming, and Adrian Holmes of Super Gamer Boys uh, talk about the newest Metroid game in the series and really break down what's so incredible about Metroid Dread at the $10 DJ Toad tier at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Um, before we get there, Jeremy, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, thank you for joining me again. This is awesome to have you here. Oh, absolutely! Thanks to uh, thanks you, uh, th- thanks you, uh, thanks you. Yes, thanks. Uh, thank, me. Uh, thanks you for having me. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime, but um, you know, don't do it. Uh, it's toxic there. Well, you know, it's a, you it's a try. toxic space. You know, I just it's all toxic stuff. And of course, listen to video games, a comedy show. If uh, you happen to be one of those rare uh, "Call Me by Your Game" only feeds, check it out. It's a wonderful yeah, you show. Check it out. It's a bunch of toxic stuff on there. It's oh, Jeremy, stuff. stop <laughs> saying that. It's not even true. Most of the time, uh, yeah. So, lies on there. It's a bad place. You shouldn't listen. Okay, to well them. now, now you, yeah. now you told them. Now they're never going <laughs> to listen to it. Um, of course, the cover art for the show is done by Glenn J. Check him out on Instagram. Once again, thank you, Glenn, at Glenn with two N's dot J A Y. Um, if uh oh, if you're a listener to the show, you're still here. 
please give us a rating and review. Uh, give us a five-star review in, in the Apple Podcast Store or wherever you listen and send me it if it's not on Apple and I'll read it. Um, that really helps our visibility. We want more people to be able to enjoy the stuff that you enjoy about this show and to hear me talk every week to a special little somebody. Uh, so yeah, uh, that would be much appreciated and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. Thank you to all of our listeners for a wonderful two years of Call Me By Your Game and many more. Uh, enjoy the co-op episode 17 preview featuring Metroid Dread right now. today is the newest in the series a game that uh was sort of in the ether for many years which honestly i didn't know about that until after the game's title was announced uh that that this was rumored before uh for for many many years but we'll get into it so long time a while um i'm gonna share some brief like i do on the regular feed some history and context about this game just basic there's not a lot of history to share as opposed to the as opposed to many of the games that we have because this is such a recent release but would love for all of you uh, what or all or none of you whoever is comfortable or not to jump or in or some or some of us <laughs> some or some um so this game Metroid Dread uh is obviously just it's a, it's one of the 2D side scrolling Metroid games not the 3D uh FPS perspective games like we have in the Metroid Prime series. Uh, it's an action-adventure game developed, as I already said, by Mercury Steam, but also Nintendo EPD, which, looking at this, I'm like, Nintendo EPD? Do they have a... Oh, Entertainment Planning and Development Division. Okay. I was like, Nintendo Entertainment Police Department? No! Um, uh, anyway... It might as well be the way they chase down those leakers. You know what? You are absolutely correct. Uh, and their budget's bloated. That's all I'll say. Um... We have just like uh, this, all cops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this game was released on October eighth, twenty twenty one. Barely, it's barely a month old at this point, and was revealed at Nintendo's E three twenty twenty one presentation. Uh, this was really fun. It's it's fun to have you on, Patrick, because we were in the same we were in the same room. We were in each other's midst when this was announced, uh, and uh, we're so excited. This is a game that. I threw out as one of my, oh, we'll get a 2D side-scrolling Metroid, it's time predictions on your show, which I'll never <laughs> I'll never let anyone forget that I called it in air quotes. Yeah, um, you did. Man. You called it. I could have, everything else I guessed besides WarioWare didn't come true, and you even led me to WarioWare. I said Wario <laughs> game. But, uh, so this was, uh, and it was, it was huge. When this dropped, this was the news of the presentation. Uh, and the craziest thing was that we learned it was coming in October. So I guess that's yeah. uh, f- June is four months. There was about four months between the announcement and mm-hmm. the release. So kind of nuts. Um, I even, I mean, may as well go back and hear from the three of you. Uh, Patrick, we were in the same room. Uh, I was there with you, but I'd love for you to tell the audience. What did you think? Do you remember what 
happened when this was announced in front of your eyes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's mostly just you know me screaming. Um, but like, you know, uh, seeing the sort of like the teases of it, recognizing it as Metroid, and having that like you know split second where you're like, is this Prime? Is this something yes. else? Um, and then you know they they revealed it and like sort of uh, showed it the same way that um, Super Metroid starts um, by saying. Uh, Metroid 5 at, mm. at which point I you know already my mind was like I know what this is this is the next side scrolling one and then you know it was like a, another second or so of like action and then Metroid Dread and I think I, I mean I don't know it's it's it is uh, truly a case where like I never expected that we would actually get a we would ever get the game Metroid Dread right it was something yes. that had been uh, like uh, out there, as you say, in in the ether, um, a, a game that we you know now know was in development and canceled several times uh, at Nintendo until they had the technology to actually pull it off. Um, so like, yeah, it, it was just a uh, you know like my heart was on fire, and it was one of those things where um, uh, everything started to make sense to me, mm -hmm. um, like knowing that this was a Mercury Steam game, um, and so knowing that. Uh, Samus Returns was a sort of like audition for them to do more. Yeah. Um, it was one of those things where you're like, that's the narrative I would craft in my head where mm -hmm. it's like, oh yeah, obviously they're trying out this studio to see and then also like seeing if there's interest and then it all actually happened yeah. um, for, for, from a company <laughs> that like only ever mm -hmm. does things that doesn't make sense. It was <laughs> astounding to see something that made perfect sense. Yes. Um, and it sold well. Yeah, And it's yeah. selling well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that that was I mean that was you know it was just uh, head explosion after head explosion. I was I was just o over the moon. I, I know that there were right. like some sort of mixed reactions to uh, the Nintendo E three showcase, or not maybe mixed reactions, but um, some people just saying like oh you know but like where's the Megaton announcement? And I was like, are you out of your mind? Are you <laughs> serious? It was Metroid yeah. Dread. <laughs> we got we got like three of them. I know. We got Advance yeah. Wars coming back. We yep. got WarioWare announced, yep. and we got Metroid Dread. Are you out of your yes. mind? I know. And we even got a little bit of a not to not to make it about Zelda and the Kirby game. Will. Oh yeah, we got that. Oh wait, that was the September that one. Was, that was the. Oh, that's right, that's right. That's right. But, that's right, but still, very. <laughs> that was another bombshell this year that we got. So yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, now, uh, Adrian, this was before I knew you when this game was announced. And uh, not to put you on the spot, but I, since you're a big fan, do you can you shed any light or any extra light on? the long rumored title of Metroid Dread and what we so, had eventually got. So Metroid Dread, I remember it being all over forums and all over internet posts about, oh man, people are saying, oh, it's a hoax. It's not real. Uh, oh man, you know, everybody's uncle works at Nintendo. So they got the scoop. And then I don't remember how recently it it was, but uh, Yoshio uh, Sakamoto, the um, head honcho of the Metroid franchise, was like, actually, somebody asked him about it, and he said, "Yeah, we're we're working on something like that," uh, but he didn't say any any specifics mm. of what they were working on. Um, and then everything kind of went radio silent for a while, and then a while turned into a good while, and then yeah. we just kind of forgot about it, and then Prime came out, and so on and so forth. So word on the street was Dread was originally poised to be the the Metroid DS entry. Oh yeah, that was that was gonna be there because if you if you look at the DS catalog, every um, 
every Nintendo IP had an entry on the DS. And Metroid Dread was going to be the, the DS's big Metroid game. It was going to be more akin to Super Metroid or, or mm-hmm. the, the GBAs in, in styling. Yeah. But, of course, it has the extra power from the DS, so they were going to use that for, you know, whatever else they were going to do. But they ended up um, putting that on the back burner, and then they gave us Hunters because everybody was all hyped for Prime at that point, And they were like, no, we want to push 3D. We want to show people what the DS could do. So we never ended up getting mm. that. Dang. And then... Mm. Yes, the DS All we could knew, do it. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it could it do could. it. It could do it. But should it? No. Yeah. Um, Hard no. But but uh, so it was on ice. Everybody was pretty much you know they never officially said it was canceled. That was the big thing. Mm. And everybody on the internet and, and our collective conscience pretty much said, well, it's probably never coming. They probably just canceled it and didn't say anything. And then I'm so thankful that. Uh, I did I did a reaction stream with my co-host Garrett of the Nintendo uh, E3 showcase, and I forever have it archived of the moment when we saw uh, Samus drop down. Yes, and the words Metroid Five come up, and you can just see like the particles of my brain shoot out of my ears. <laughs> oh. And I oh man, just the fact that. You think, oh, it's it's a Metroid game, and you worry, and you think, oh, is this a spinoff? Is this this? Is this that? And then you see Metroid Five. Yep. So yeah. you're knowing like this yeah. is not a Prime, this is not a Metroid colon anything. This is Metroid Five. This is the right. main storyline. Is insane. Yeah. And then you see how different everything looks. Her suit is nothing like we've ever seen before. Even oh, even God, those colors. Those colors. Yeah. Yes. Even as much of a departure as the fusion suit was, this was I feel like even way more than that. Mm-hmm. A mostly white yeah. suit. Mm-hmm. That's that was that was a bold move, but it came off perfectly. That suit is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Gosh. Um, uh thank you for yes. walking us down that. I uh I I, I got to check out that. Uh, I'm sure you, you you clipped it or something that moment from yeah. from that Yeah. I mean, it's it's on there. I I I'm just glad I can go back to it. I, I know I probably popped off harder for WarioWare. Sure. <laughs> but I definitely popped off for, for Metroid for sure. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. I love that. Patrick, I'm I'm pretty sure I saved ours, so it's somewhere out there from our little Good. stream we did. Because um, I'm sure there we collectively also freaked out. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, as far as the lead up to this game. Well, hold uh, on. Wait. I, I want to I yeah. hear about Eddie, Eddie's reaction to uh to the, Please, the announcement yeah. of the game. I, it started with just elation. I was not expecting it. It was not on my radar. And then immediately my brain was like, well, where are they going to go from here? Because I initially thought of Fusion Story, and I, was, I thought, that one ended really well. I mean, there were no more Metroids. Ridley, the F that guy, he's gone. Thank yeah. God. Um, and I was just, I was thinking the X parasites, we took care of that mess. So is this going to be like a political game? Like with the galactic or Federation? Or did we? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The mustache and is getting twisted so much. <laughs> the, the only thing I, I thought of, and we, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of anything, but was in Samus Returns, there are those archive, those little artworks pieces. Yeah. I remember kind of getting jump scared at the last one. Cause it got like really dark and red and it showed this character like standing like this and a bunch of like Chozos around him, like all kind of falling. I remember seeing that and thinking, "What's that about?" So yeah. that was the only. So my brain kind of started going into like speculation mode. I was like, "Okay, maybe there's going to be something with the Chozo, 
Um, exactly where they wanted you to go. Exactly. And that and that exact image is in Dread. Like, I remember yeah. seeing it yep. in Dread. I was like, I know exactly what that was. I remember that. It scared the hell out of me as a grown man because it was just, <laughs> it was so shocking and out of nowhere. I'm like going through the, I'm like, oh, this is cool artwork. And then the last one, it's like, all of a sudden the music drops out. It gets yeah. super sinister. It's all red. I was like, what happened? <laughs> like, what's this about? It's so random. But that was super cool that they did that. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, I, I'm sure I texted you that day uh, just out of my mind oh, yeah. in the afternoon oh, yeah. being like, dude, they did it. Uh, yeah, I was very excited. <laughs> very excited. And, and the and you guys hit on it earlier. Just the fact it was coming out in like four months. I was like, oh, wow, what a treat. Yes, that was yeah. the crazy thing. Yeah, yeah. They, they're, they're done with it. That's great. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, any any other um, lead up to, to the game's release? Uh, any information? I feel like Adrian hit on a lot of it for us. But that uh, either of you, any of you three felt like was important to include in this part? I mean, just just the, you know, uh, dread as a concept was, you know, a a, a known entity, right? And even even when we, like, thought it was, like, vanishing, you know, there would then be, like, a stray reference to it. It, it, It's a prime three, right? That there's, like, Mm -hmm. it's mentioned in, like, some scan data. Um, So, like, yeah, it's, it, it is... Uh, you know, one of those persist. It's it's one of those unicorn things. One of those things that you. It's just like never gonna come, and then it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just uh, remarkable. Yeah. Um. A couple of things that I just, as Patrick was saying, I wanted to hit on was, um, this game was released in 2021. The last previous new entry, uh, in the 2D Metroid series number four was Fusion in uh, 2002. Correct. The same day as. 19 years ago. Gosh. That's a long time. We've gotten, you know, I think since then we uh, got Zero Mission, which is a remake of the first, and Samus, uh, Metroid 2 Samus Returns on the 3DS in 2017, in September of. Um, but that's that's really nuts that it had been 19 years between uh, numbered titles, technically. Uh, and then lastly, this is something Patrick and I were texting about leading up to the release, but... They started releasing, after seeing the, the initial trailer, like the reveal, I was like, great, this is enough for me. Shut it down. Yeah. Don't s- even say the word. If I hear the word met, I'm going to freak out before October 8th. But, <laughs> I was just inviting you to a fancy ball, Connor. <laughs> oh, no, I should have gone. I had the perfect dress. Um, But, yeah, I they, they suddenly Nintendo was just releasing like video after video on their Twitter and, and informational mm-hmm. things that I was very thankful to be able to stay away from. But yep, I, I kept same. just thinking like, I don't want to hear anymore. This is, you sold me. Okay. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if any of you had anything to say that or remember that happening. I'm right there with you. I, I saw cool. the initial trailer and I was like, I'm good. You don't need to show me anymore. Yeah. I'll play it when it comes out. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't help myself. I looked. I, oh, <laughs> yes, I couldn't help myself. I, I I watched the 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 first look at the Emmys and stuff. And I thought, oh, Ooh. okay, this, this is where we're going with this. Did it spoil anything for you, or was it just like a good taste? It it it, it spoiled the fact that there was going to be some weird robotic creature in the yeah. game. So that remember, I was thinking all about Metroids and X Parasites yes. and where are we going from here? And I was like, okay, I guess we're gonna fight like robots. Yeah, they <laughs> that was kind get... of my. They got their own amiibo release too, the the Emmy, which are mm. which we'll we'll talk about. But I'm assuming if you're listening uh, to this episode that uh, you are ready for anything to be spoiled because things will be spoiled as we go through the pod. 
as is customary. That's my goal on these co-op episodes is to spoil everything. To spoil um, everything. Well, it's. Uh, I mean, it's interesting that uh, like we're we're talking about spoilers right now. Generally speaking, I don't believe. Uh, personally for me I don't believe in spoilers um, that if you can tell me something about uh, something before I watch it or play it that's going to ruin it then I probably wasn't going to like it in the first place Mm. you know what I mean Mm. Um, Mm. but but I totally went back on that for this experience (laughs) and was like I don't want to know anything going in Oh, that's great. So I don't believe in spoilers until I have a reason to believe in them. I don't think the big one would have hit as hard though Patrick if you knew about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. Um, you're talking about the uh, asteroid that hit Earth however many years ago? Uh, the big one? Or the Big Bang? What am I? I don't know. I'm trying to make the a reference. The big one is working. an earthquake that will happen to us. Which you were uh, just yes, talking yes, about course, on your show. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Look, the big, we were The Big we Bang is recording. a TV show, Connor. <laughs> oh, of course. It's got, that, it's got the, the nerdy guy. Oh, yeah. I know him. <laughs> it's uh, got the older version of young Sheldon in it. Yes, the older <laughs> version of young Sheldon. It's grown Sheldon. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, gosh. Um, well, great. Well, why don't we, uh, thank you three for indulging me in all this, uh, lead up to actually discussing this game, but why don't we finally jump into, Patrick, were you going to say something before? Well, I just, I just want to know like how everyone, what, what everyone played it on, were people playing it oh. on uh TV or oh, like a okay, Switch Lite or this is a good way uh, to start. did anyone get Amiibo? Like how, how were you playing this game? Yeah, let's 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 really dive back to launch day. So if you can picture October eighth, twenty twenty one, uh, Adrian, maybe you can k- kick off for us and uh, paint that picture. So, oh no, the did first we just time lose him? he totally froze. <laughs> He's, he, oh, oh there he good. is. Yeah. Okay. Whew. Sorry, you. Uh, so you froze the for first. A <laughs> okay. So the first time I played it was uh, on a regular Switch. And then, cool. Uh, right, not right after. I took a couple of days off because I had to recover mentally from the ending. <laughs> and then, um, after that, I went back and I played it on Switch Lite, and it feels incredible both ways. Uh, I think Eddie, mm. you mentioned that before that how uh, how good it feels on a Switch Lite, and you you were you were a hundred percent correct. I don't know how. They were able to make that game feel that good in any situation, but they definitely pulled it off. Um, the most difficult thing about the entire launch was trying to find those Amiibo. I could not find them anywhere right after the drop. I had to wait like three or four different times, and thankfully somebody tipped me off to getting them. But I got them eventually. Oh. They're over there on the shelf with the rest of them. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I don't know. I I, I stayed up. <laughs> to an obscene hour playing it granted yeah. i know um so that's the one thing about me i guess versus everybody else is when people were beating it they were putting their times as like oh i did it in six hours oh i did it yeah. in you know four hours i took my time i went through every room in the entire map and i got everything that there was to get it took me like maybe 12 to 15 and mm-hmm. I was totally fine with that because I soaked it all up. I took on all the atmosphere. Give it, give me yeah. everything this game has to offer. And that's kind of where I was at with it. I love it. Yeah, that was an interesting moment to start to see stuff pop up on Twitter and people post their ending screens uh, and, and me starting to be like, am I doing this wrong? Um, <laughs> but 
thank you for walking us through your launch day. What about you, Eddie? Um, were you? Did you get any Amiibos? Were you the regular edition like me? How'd that go? We just got the game itself. We got the physical copy of it. Nice. Um, not digital. And I only have played this old game. Old man. Old man. Old man, indeed. <laughs> only only have played this game on the Switch Lite. I have not played it on a TV or Whoa, another version of really? Switch. I've only played it on the Switch Lite. Yes. And like Adrian said, fantastic. And I knew it was going to be good just because Hollow Knight on the Switch Lite is beautiful. So I was like, if Hollow Knight works, Metroid's got to work. And it, and it was fantastic. So... Yes, and I played it an obscene amount, just like Adrian. As all, I was off the next day, and all I did was play that game, and I beat it that day. Oh, and my. I was not the... Um, you know, with certain games, I will explore every nook and cranny, and I wanted to. But when I got to the end and fought Raven's Beak the first time, and he kicked my ass, I was like... <laughs> No, you're going down, son. I'm here not. I'm not. Yeah. I was like, I am not we're, putting this thing down here. until I beat your ass. Yeah, that was yeah. it. And I was way under, under like, um, powered. I didn't have a lot of stuff, but I still just took took me a long time. But then I beat him, and I was like, okay, now I'm going to play this game again and get everything. <laughs> Gosh, so um, for maybe both of you, before we hit uh, on Patrick's experience and how he ingested the game, have you both beaten this game multiple times now? Just two. Two. I beat it twice. Yeah, once wow. on regular and once on hard mode. Oh that my gosh. It. Hard mode in the house. Uh that's incredible. Um, Patrick, uh I I I think I remember what you have in your possession, but why don't you walk us through it? So uh, I also had uh, struggles with the um, uh, securing the Amiibos. Um, luckily, my, my buddy Matt was looking out, got me a pre-order, but got me a pre-order from like uh, a, a store in like Germany or something. So I still don't have them. It's <laughs> <laughs> a thought that counts. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they'll be here someday, and then I'll really enjoy having them. Um, but I was able to secure a pre-order for the collector's edition, nice. um, which is just wow. the most beautiful thing in the world. Um, oh. You know, it comes with a uh, with a steelbook case, uh, which is just so rad and sexy, um, and uh, an art book that, like, I started flipping through, mm -hmm. um, and it has you know art from the the first five games uh, oh. or the 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 the, the mainline five games, and so I'm like kind of making my way through it, and then I realized I was getting to the dread stuff, and I was like, no, nope. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so good. Uh, and then, yeah, then I, uh, then I played it through the weekend, uh, and I don't think I beat it, uh, on, on the first weekend. I think it was like sometime midweek, um, after that I ended up finishing it, uh, you know, staying up too late fighting Raven's Beak for, you know, three hours or whatever. Um, and hate then, <laughs> yeah, hate him. I mean, but also love him. I think he's great. Yeah. yeah. It was an excellent yeah. fight. <laughs> yeah, that fight's it wonderful. It's really It's good. exhilarating. Um, and then, uh, yeah, took took a couple days off and then uh, dove back in to try and do it faster. Um, because like uh, everyone else here, I had like 11 and a half hours on my first playthrough. Um, and so it was like, let's let's do it again. Let's try to do it fast. I wanted to get in under four hours. Um, and I was like, I think I'm doing it. I think I'm doing it. Uh, and then like I checked, you know, my, the time on my save and it was like three hours, uh, 58 minutes and uh. 25 seconds. And I was like, there's no way I can't do it. So, <laughs> it, you know, it ends up coming Dang. in at like four and a half or something like that. But uh. Wow. That's so interesting to me. Um, I definitely respect people who, who want to speed run games in general and, and, and in turn this game, but. 
I, that's never once occurred to me to be like, I wonder how fast I can do it. I mean, I know there's like a, yeah, um, you know, you get different endings based on how quickly you beat it, but yeah, that's never been like enough of a, a hook to make me want to be like, okay, how can I cut as many corners as possible and speed through this? Because I feel like for me, I, I'm a commit to the bit kind of guy. Yeah. So when I play a game, I aim to be in that game. Mm. Like I am Samus when I'm playing that game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. When when you speed run it, it kind of turns into I'm playing the game versus I'm yeah. in mm. the game. For well, me. that's that that that, that is interesting. I I agree with that mostly. Um, but Samus is so fluid and so fast in this game, and like mm-hmm. the speed at you know like the once you get the uh the the speed boost um and like the shine spark puzzles and all of that like there's so much of that that's kind of like built into the way this game is designed that like it still feels like true to the spirit of the game to try to i mean speed run it speed run it you know like sequence breaking that's something else but like just trying to play it uh fast as like a non-maniac um yeah still still feels right to me no, yeah, I get you, I and I I do feel like I love that. Um, as you go through the game, you do feel like you're going through obstacles faster and faster because you are right. getting more powerful. Like yeah. at the beginning, you would creep by, maybe shoot a couple, you know, energy beams off <laughs> yeah. here and there. But after you like have the gravity suit, you're like pow, 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 yeah. pow, yeah. running through the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. busting up missiles. You know what I mean? That that's so. Yeah, I I can see how certain parts of it would definitely be built for that kind of that rate of traversal. Um, yeah. This is already getting me to want to jump into a topic, so I'm just going to quickly share about my uh, how I played this game. I played it almost entirely on the TV, just on my regular Switch, using... Uh, I, I jumped between a couple controllers. I used uh, the... I've got a couple 8-bit does. I've got the one that's like the SNES controller, but it's got the mm-hmm. two sticks. I played with that for most mm-hmm. of the game, but then when that battery died, I used the one that's like the PS4 version of that with the actual handles on it. Um, Maybe played an hour or so handheld, and it was shocking how great that was. Um, But I actually, it took me a couple weeks to beat this because I was trying to beat Deathloop for the previous co-op episode we did. So Uh. I I was, it actually ended up being a blessing in disguise because I was really thrilled that I got to ingest the game at at a slower pace and really think, I would be thinking about it when I would step away from it and sort of drew that experience out and it felt like a really solid amount of time. Also, I think 11 and a half hours was about what I did. Um, but I poked around a lot. So I got like, I think I finished with like 83% of things found. So I came in pretty loaded to Raven's beak, uh, which hearing you talk about it, Eddie, I'm like, how did you do it without having 226 missiles like me or whatever? <laughs> stubbornness. Gosh. It was, all, it was 100% stubbornness. That, that's oh. what it was. Because I could have easily just gone back and got stuff. But I was like, no, nope, yeah. nope, you're done. I'm, I'm done with you. Oh, and wow. It, it, took, he, a, he it out, took a while. He kicks out a lot of missiles as you're going, too. Like, yeah. you don't yeah. actually need that that many. Yeah, if you, especially I think if you've got enough power bombs to combat that, like, solar flare thing that he shoots out there then yeah that's where i was yeah. able to recover yeah. a lot i'm a big um, i'm a big missile guy i i spam missiles all the time in metroid i just i, I know <laughs> i can get them so i'm i'm 
I am not conservative with my missiles. I just blast them all the time. Okay, so Connor didn't get this from you because Connor was telling me he says he's making his way through Super Metroid for the first time, where he's like uh, telling me about like charging up the charge beam to like fight some boss, and I'm like, Connor, what are you doing? Oh, it was Ridley. You were having a hard time with Ridley, and, and you were yes. like, do I just keep hitting him with the charge beam? And I was you like, no, use your missiles. missiles. <laughs> use your missiles. I truly have to train myself to use them, and in this game, had to do the same. And still do it like I'm playing Prime right now, and I'm almost never using missiles. I'm charging up, like dashing left and right to dodge, like the the cameras or whatever the pirates. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I should have known that was going to come up today. I will come to your defense in Super uh, for about Super, uh, Super Metroid for Super missiles. They are oh, sure, definitely yeah. a rare currency. Mm-hmm. I feel oh, like yeah. it's much yeah, harder to come across super missiles than regular missiles. So, mm-hmm. but I when can you see... get to a boss, you gotta right. Sh- you gotta that's load when you, them up. That's yeah. when you unload them. You'd think I wouldn't be like saving it for. What if there's a door after the boss? Uh, <laughs> just pathetic on my part. But yeah, so that was that was my experience. Absolutely loved it. Um, we'll we'll get into why I enjoyed it. Um, but uh, something that I sort of wanna kick off with after I, I do love that we set the stage with how we played that was great um was the flow of this game is some is a topic i want to kick off with uh adrian was talking about the run and gun elements of it already uh, i feel like that's been a trait of the series or at least the games i've played like even in as a, a game that now looking back like super metroid is uh, controls slightly clunkier and isn't as smooth to just zip around the environment i still as a part of it you know you jump into a room you're immediately shooting off your blaster your arm cannon or missiles um but the flow of this game was something i was just so impressed by and at first i thought i I did contemplate in my head i'm like well it's a little less explory than like i feel super metroid was having just played it but i actually like the pace of this and the way that it's seemingly funneling me through the environment. How did you, maybe we'll start with you, Adrian. Um, any thoughts on the flow of this game? Um, I feel like I might see where you're coming from. And mm-hmm. as this is maybe a little bit less exploratory, I maybe disagree with that. The I feel like the only thing that they they and this is one of my big criticisms i think eddie shares this with me too is um adam i think adam was a really big detriment um that's probably what my biggest gripe with this game is if you're already a seasoned player if you've been playing metroid for a while and um you're going through because you know you understand basic movement and basic concepts Adam will stop you and take about two to three minutes of your time going over concepts that you already know how to do or going over um, waypoints and mission objectives that you already know you need to do. Mm. And there's no way to skip it. Um, So I would say probably in that sense, funneling you to the next objective is probably the most funneling uh, aspect of the game. But they never say you have to only go here. There's always you can always go backwards. You can always go to another area. Yeah. So you can explore. But I think this is definitely the most straightforward in the series as as of well, maybe maybe fusion. 
Yeah, because yeah, Fusion I was definitely gonna... told you exactly where to go. Yeah, I was, I I was going to bring this, up Fusion. This, yeah, it rides on the back of that. I don't think it, it is. It's as direct as Fusion, but they definitely say you can go wherever you want, but you should kind of head this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's I. I have less of a problem with Adam. I think because I'm comparing it to. Uh, his application in fusion right where like he's very much like funneling you to like the next area um and like you can't you know he's just opening up new sectors for you to go to um and uh so like i i i i like it okay uh, and i get that there are also you know people who are playing this game without having played all all the other metroid games um right but mostly remember that mostly i think it's hilarious the way it says metroid because it adds a little, it adds a syllable in the middle. <laughs> All the Good old AI. Ones. Yeah, I love it. Gosh, I love that. Uh, Eddie, any any thoughts on the flow from you? Yeah, I think it's a kind of a nice marriage between the exploratoryness of Super Metroid and mm-hmm. the linearness of Metroid Fusion. I think it's a nice balance between the two. Yeah. You always, I never didn't know where to go. I would find a teleport area and be like, all right, this is going to take me to the next area and I'm going to follow that to go. Uh, but maybe I'll look around a little bit and see if I missed something. And then, nice. um, you know, I think, I think that worked really well. I would say Adam in fusion was somehow less annoying in this one. Um, oh, weird. Just because of the fact that he slows the momentum down, like Adrian said. But mm-hmm. one thing I liked that fusion did that this game didn't do was get just a peek into Samus's uh, thoughts. Yeah. That Samus would I missed go down that. To, yeah, she'd go down an elevator. Then you, every now and then, you get like her talking about Adam or something, and the Metroid, and and there's a lot of elevators and and transportation parts, uh, loading screens, which would have been perfect for her to to start thinking like, I'm clearly in a Chozo world. I'm starting to recognize some stuff. Like you know, it would have been cool to like see just some glimpses of what was going on in her mind, especially because we get some insight into her emotions this game. Yeah. Or put a log over the screen like how they were doing for the other games. Because yeah. I, I always thought that the text was her making a log about her journey yeah, as she right. went on. I know yeah. it was a hindrance because, or it was a limitation because they couldn't put audio. But mm-hmm. I always thought that it fit better to put it as a log because she would, you know, any any uh, person in her profession would, yeah. profession uh, would make a log of their exploits. So I thought that worked really well. They could have done that yeah, here too. But, you know, she puts it off though, because like no one wants to do the paperwork. Like, do the fun part. That's of the me. Job. That would be me. I take terrible notes. That's incredible. I'm I'm just realizing now. It's not something I even thought about playing the game. How much I do like just getting a little more insight from her. I do like to see her flashes of personality in this game, and I feel like you get so much of that, which is great. I don't remember who. I never, I don't remember who was talking about it, but I've heard someone uh, speak on how much they like her sort of decisiveness at points in the game, especially like against a lot of the bosses at the end, you'll see her pull yeah. off this really oh cool gosh. move and yeah. um, not even be swayed by it. But yeah, I overall, I really did like the, the pace of this game a lot. I was just sort of, what I meant by that is I was questioning it up top. I was like, oh, I feel this is a little different. Than what I just did with Super Metroid, but um, yeah, that marriage between sort of that more exploratory um, nature and then the straightforward linear fashion of uh, fusion, or even when I played Samus Returns, it was like, hey, yeah. here's the where the next Metroid is. Why don't you go shoot this guy? <laughs> um, that, but I also loved that game, so it was great. Yeah. It took me a sh- kind of like how I should have just been using my missiles. I would f- discover a teleportation 
like platform and be like, okay, well, I know where that is. So, but am I supposed to keep exploring over here? Not understanding that generally, I feel like the game is saying, follow this. This is where you want to go. Yeah. Um, almost as if I hadn't played them at like three games in the past month, knowing that I would be able to get back there. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then Patrick made a good point though that you have to remember too that for a lot of people this is going to be their first ever Metroid yeah, game. Yeah. True. So I I I get it. I just wish there would have been an option like how they do in a lot of um uh, a lot of other games where it's have you played before? Yeah. Yes. And then Pro you can mode. check yes yeah. and then it'll leave you alone. Totally. You can even skip a lot of I think after the first time you go through like a boss cut scene cuz trust me, I saw yeah, those boss cut scenes right to a the lot. Fight. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, having yeah, yeah, died yeah. to all of them many times, um, <laughs> some more than others. Uh, yeah, like Adrian said, you can usually press start, and then I think it's the minus or plus, and then minus, and you'll skip it. Yeah, um, but to get through the the atom segments, you do have to advance each line of dialogue. Yeah, so there's a lot of just like jamming on the A button. Yeah, they make um, you listen to Adam. Yeah, go, 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 go. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah. Overall, I genuinely loved the pace of this game. Uh, yeah. At the beginning, I don't know. It seems like, and uh, feel free to jump in. Uh, feels like most of you uh, found it pretty straightforward as far as the path goes. There was a point early in the game, maybe just after a few upgrades, where I was a little stuck and was like, "Ooh, I don't know where to go." And then I was like, "I'm just gonna trust my instincts and poke around in this next spot," and it ended up paying off. And then, like I was telling you all, there was. You know, probably halfway through the game, I realized, oh, I should just follow the, the like, t- either the train or the elevator or the <laughs> right. teleportation thing. Just um, go to the next thing. <laughs> exactly. So you're saying you you di- you are not from the David Jaffe school of design. I don't understand what the David Jaffe school of design is. What, what's his so like philosophy? David Jaffe. I'm gonna is, get an education. Uh, he is the creator of the god of war series and he um became a a trend worthy item because he ended up calling metroid a um a terrible design game because he couldn't figure out that you're supposed to shoot at platforms to reveal hidden platforms to continue um your progression and because he didn't think or he didn't check, you know, the indicator of the fact that there are enemies above the platform that you're on. (laughs) And the (laughs) fact that he even says in a box, hey, you should shoot at everything. It might reveal something. He didn't think to do that and got upset and quit and called it a terrible game. Was that discourse happening right after it released? Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing this on Twitter and being like, I don't know what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah, so um, thank goodness that you're not of that mindset and you know how to follow directions. (laughs) Yeah, or just, you know, at least try and poke around uh, and use those those abilities. Uh, For shame. Yeah, Yeah. or shame. Use shame. (laughs) Um, I I, I do think it it is interesting, though, how much, um, you know, it's not uh, not like a gatekeeping kind of thing, but I think that uh, Metroid Dread does sort of present itself at, like, confidently as a game that where it's like no you get what this is you know what metroid is like yeah you know that you should be like blasting the hell out of every wall you uh, encounter to like see where you can progress um but i i think it uses that to its advantage in a lot of its design like connor you're talking about the the flow of the game um and like 
I could not get enough of how long it withheld the morph ball from me. Oh. Like, you know, morph ball <laughs> yeah. is is usually like in the first two minutes of the game. Yep. Oh, I was wondering if it would be in the. I was like, is this even yeah, in the I game? Thought, oh, we're not doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> they got rid of it. And then when you do get it, you're like, oh my god, I'm yeah. back. <laughs> I did yell in my living room like a cry of like joy yes. when i did yeah. get it yes yeah. it was i laughed <laughs> i laughed alone by myself playing this game <laughs> laughed out loud yeah. gosh uh speaking of which um there are some like a, a few what i might call like tweaks to the upgrades in the uh weapons in this game patrick you and mark did a really fun episode where you ranked all of the upgrades oh, uh cool. in metroid dread on NCS, uh, so it got me thinking about all of them, and for the most part, I really enjoyed the uh, the pace, not just the pacing of the upgrades, um, more than most Metroid games I've played, which I generally like that anyway, but I loved um, some of the applications, and my friends, it seems that I didn't get an upgrade that I, I learned about Whoa. after. Oh, what well, upgrade did really? you get? I referenced, uh, you know, Adrian's spider ball earlier. I did not get the spider ball, which that's in the game, right? No, there's the, there's just the, the spider magnet and there's the morph ball, but there's no, okay. Not them. like in Samus returns where you just climb in on the walls. Okay. Right. You know what? <laughs> Can it we looks talk like about how a... cool that one was though? That's so cool. Where she's just scaling the walls like insane. Um, Okay, cool. I must. I think I read was reading just the words threw me off because I was like, oh my gosh, how did I get through so much of the game and not have that? Um, uh, Eddie, um, any particular thoughts on like the the weapons or upgrades in this game? Aeon Dash was a game changer. Mm. Aeon Dash is the greatest thing. I use that thing like 90% of the time and especially yes. those fights towards the end against the Chozo elites just yeah. dash dashing and avoiding and Loki really liked the missile the five missile ones that would lock on automatically that storm you get oh yeah 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 those storm were... rockets oh storm that's rockets. right yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Quark, the only Quark. time it's the only time in that the game insists on calling your missiles rockets and i don't Which know is, why <laughs> yeah, it, it, my my head canon is it's a love letter to boba fett one of the greatest bounty hunters ever who had a really oh, good rocket okay. so right. maybe maybe it's that but um those were my two the aeon dash and the and the storm rockets gosh those were especially against like bosses uh yeah, super just handy just like being like all right how much time can i just hold this hold this hold this hold this and then jump out of the way and then release something yeah. like that mm-hmm. oh was that satisfying adrian what about you with the upgrades and abilities in this game i definitely dug both the uh the new cloaking ability mm-hmm. and the um i don't remember what they call it I, i'm just gonna call it the spider crawl the way yeah. uh, <laughs> that you just you're basically scaling wall, and and you know what? Um, I want to make sure this is this is noted. Uh, shout out to the animation team on this yes. game, especially the animation team for Samus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are so many well done contextual animations that people probably didn't even notice were there. Um, like for example, when I'm doing when you're doing the climbing, when you're going under a ledge, she'll take her hands and do like this first. And then put a hand on the other side and come back up. Yes. And mm-hmm. and nobody would ever really pay attention to that. Or another good one is um, 
when she's shooting down the morph ball sized um, hallways at an enemy, she'll put her gun through there and then she'll put her hand on the wall above to kind of steady herself while she's shooting. And it's the little touches like that that nobody ever, you know, most people, I should say, not nobody. Most people won't notice that. But the fact that they were that dedicated to put those touches in there speaks a lot about how much they love this game and this character and this um, this IP. So super special shout out to that. I'm a huge animation nerd. So I definitely took notice of that and just her overall fluid fluidity in her animations in general. You guys knocked it out of the park. Yeah, that combined with how beautiful the game looks in general, the design and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, the graphical fidelity is maybe what you would call it, goes such a long way paired together. Um, um, how about uh, the Mr. Upgrade himself, Patrick Ellers? Any abilities or upgrades that you feel like shouting out, or just in general, how did you feel about them? Please, Mr. Upgrade is my father. You can <laughs> awesome. call me Patrick. <laughs> <laughs>